Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Hello again. I'm Jim Paulson with my colleague David Levake for another edition of uh, the Star Tribune High School Sports Talking Preps podcast. Today we're actually going to be mostly talking preps. The uh, high school season is kicking off uh, as we speak, or not at least today. I'm, we're recording this on January 14th, and everybody should be. Most teams should be starting their seasons tonight with competitions. It's great to get back to actual competing in sports than all the talk and all the high school league and Department of Health rigmarole and uh, restrictions. uh, It needs to be reported. I, for one, am glad we're back uh, actually talking high school sports. Dave, your thoughts? Well, I'll just share what I hear talking to coaches, and that is, yes, the masks while participating isn't ideal and yes the the seasons were delayed and there's been some frustration but the excitement of the kids and and even the coaches uh it's it's contagious and and they are ready to maybe i shouldn't use that term contagious but <laughs> it's uh it's uh it rubs off on, well that doesn't work either does it uh People are really tuning into the excitement. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know that most of the kids, most of the coaches seem that they're 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 pretty excited to get back at it. I talked to a coach last yeah. night. She was telling me that uh, even though she's been a well-known coach at her in her sport for a long time, and she's you know very well versed in what she does, and she's said she's had the jitters for a few days, and she just wants to get this first game out of the way get back to coaching so that everybody's a little excited to get back at it. And, and uh, so am I, it'll be a lot of fun. David, you are um, the, uh, the voice of hockey around here, high school hockey, at least. And you've had uh, um, high school hockey previews in today's star tribune, as well as some dream teams. Um, let's start with uh, the, the boys hockey. Is there anything specific and an issue um, team, a player, Anything that really stands out as, as something for boys hockey that is worth noting this year? Well, the one player that, well, two things. So Jackson Hallam, St. Thomas Academy forward, he's a senior committed to play at Michigan. He was drafted uh, by the, the Las uh, Vegas Golden Knights in the, of the NHL. And so I was thinking about this and I, I haven't had time, but I'd like to, I'm going to go back and find out how many Minnesota hockey players have had their NHL draft rights uh, while they were playing high school hockey. Uh, it can't be a very long list because, you know, you need to be that, be, that pertains to your birth year and everything else. So I, I, I think, you know, Jackson is, is in a really unique place. Uh, and he, he, like I said, the, the list can't be long. I mean, a lot of guys and gals have college commitments through most of their high school careers now, but being, a, being having your NHL draft rights and, you know, taking care of that's uh, that's pretty impressive accomplishment and, and uh good for him he's he boy he's fast god he flies and he's, he's gonna be fun to watch and the other guy that, that comes to mind is kyle kukinen from maple grove and he's a lot like hallam in the sense that there's mr hockey type buzz around both of them uh but with kukinen he missed i think all but about a half dozen games last year with a lower body lower body injury and so he's come all the way back to not only just be you know a capable solid player He's, he's got, he, he did well in the elite league and he's got people thinking big things from him. So good for that young man for coming all the way back and, and uh, not letting an injury get him down. He's, he's got not only special things ahead for him, but that Maple Grove team is loaded and uh, 
the rankings uh, by Let's Play Hockey came out today, and Maple Grove is ranked number two in uh, in Double A. And so there's behind Eden Prairie. Uh, yeah, behind Eden Prairie, the uh, two-time defending state runner-up, <laughs> not state champion, a runner-up. Um, so they're in good company. And and you know we mentioned Hallam, St. Thomas is number three. So there you go. We've we've got the top of the top of the Double A rankings covered right there. Question for you on someone like Hallam. Um, and this is just speculation or what, what kids know the players that they're going up against, particularly in sports where hockey is a world which rumors and reputations and things travel and it, they travel fast. So I'm sure that everybody knows what kind of player uh, Jackson Hallam is. Do you think the fact that he's been drafted is going to make him any sort of a target for opposing teams in terms of trying to say, you know, Hey, you know, I, I, prove themselves going to be going up against him or maybe showing that they can slow him down. Do you think that 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 uh, sort of uh, attention can work against a kid in this situation? Um, I think the NHL, you know, situation, I think it's just one more thing. You already know, you know, on a, from a purely X's and O's standpoint, you know, you got to slow them down if you want to win. Uh, your goals in, in the short term are to win your section or to get to the state tournament. And so I think those things are more, top of mind for your average high school kid than whether or not this kid's drafted in, in the NHL and frankly, whether or not the kid holds a college commitment, you know, that, that stuff is all great. And, and, but, it, but I think you know, I'm, I'm looking, Hey, I'm, it's my shift and I'm up against this guy who I know is fast and put the puck away. I just got to slow him down. I'm not thinking about the golden Knights or Michigan or wherever at that point. And, and also Alan is, is committed to Michigan, right? Yeah, he is. I was going to say one thing. Now, now I'll turn this on his head a little bit. If I was Jackson Hallam, I would be chirping the hell out of people. And my line would probably be something like, you know, like let's say it's a, it's a lull in play and you're lining up for a face-off or something and a kid on the other team, you know, some kid who's never going to play again past high school and says some beer league somewhere, he starts chirping you. If I were Jackson, I'd say, hey, Standing next to me is as close to the NHL as you'll ever get. <laughs> so, you, know, you can, if Jackson's listening, he wants to use that, go ahead. Uh, you know, a little gamesmanship there, but but no, I uh, he's uh, it's going to be fun to watch him play. Yeah, uh, you and I are completely different. I would probably have really hated playing against you. I was always trying to be the respectful type. I never said a bad word to anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was a big chirper when I played high school sports. I, I a couple times had a a coach have to sit me down and, uh, and tell me just to hush up on ba playing basketball. I, I remember I got four fouls in the first half of the game once. I didn't play the rest of the game. So yeah, it's, uh, it's too easy to do that sort of thing. When I talked to an athlete um, recently who was a very high re highly regarded athlete, whether or not when he gets special effort or is treated differently by opponents when they face him, and that's kind of what I was alluding to with, uh, with Jackson. And he said uh, he usually gets their best effort. And then he said, and he was a wrestler. So he said for about 30 or 40 seconds. And then they realized they're outclassed and all that just gets sapped. So they give him 34 seconds of extreme effort. And then the rest is just trying to hang on and not lose or be embarrassed. Um, sure. sure. That a lot of, a lot of these players are just worried about making sure that they're not going to look stupid when they go up against a guy like, Hallam is going to fly around him. Um, so, um, boys yeah. hockey in terms of uh, are there any other really potential superstars out there? Any players that have had growing buzz, or maybe a young guy or two that uh, is really making a name for himself? 
Uh, you know, people, you know, I'm, I'm always that's putting you on the spot. To, so obviously, yeah, uh, you know, the young guys, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure guys are always going to step up. I'm, I'm just, you know, wondering, we, we talked about it a minute off air. We said, geez, the is not in the top 10, you know, to start the year in the rankings and, and they, and that's appropriate, but I also think that they can start moving themselves up and will, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, uh, to see, you know, in, in, in single way, you know, what does that look like in terms of uh, you've got uh, Hermantown ranked number one, East Grand Forks two, Gentry Academies three, World four, defending uh, state champ Montemedi five. You know, what's that movement going to look like? Uh, is Duluth Denfeld going to get back to the state tournament for the first time since 1989, I believe it is. So there's, yeah, there's all any number of things. I'm also curious too, Jim, you know, if, if, if I'm a team that doesn't have the world's greatest depth, you know, am I in some way, is there going to be a bit of an advantage for me in this sort of condensed sprint of a season? I mean, yes, you still have to play 18 games, but if you don't have to, the wear and tear factor may not be quite the same. Maybe that makes you know me better off for a playoff push. If, if I'm a team that might otherwise be maybe on the, on the bubble, maybe this is going to benefit me come section time. I'm curious to see, what we find out, um, what this, the, this, this burst of season, what that looks like. In the normal season, you get 26 regular season games. Is that right? 25 in hockey, 26 25. in basketball. So yeah. tell okay, me again so, how hockey is the most important. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's, um, so you're talking about a game that's seven regular season games shorter. So it is kind of more of a, more of a sprint to the finish. You may not have to, you know, um, spend too much time, um, or as much time in terms of, recovering, maybe trying to, and using your depth, you might be able to, to get uh, by with two lines in some games and, and just third line, that sort of thing um, occasionally. So that'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes. I was hoping you might be able to refresh us. I'm sure that anybody who's listening and pays attention to hockey is already well, uh, well known or knows who Gentry Academy is, but not everybody. And you said Gentry Academy is uh, number three in class single A. Refresh our memories on what Gentry Academy is and, and where they've come from. Well, Gentry Academy is, is a located in Vadness Heights. They have, you know, a variety of sports, but hockey is the one that they're they're getting a lot of attention for because uh, they, you know, last year were were a pretty good team too. They're the number three seed in their section. Um, they. Um, it's a it's a school. It's students fifth through twelfth grade uh, tuition is fifteen thousand dollars annually. Um, they have a building in Vadness Heights across the parking lot from the Vadness Sports Center, um, which has a couple sheets uh, of ice. Um, it's you know people want to kind of know they're the they're the new animal you know walking the herd and you know what is this you know people want to know uh, you know what does this look like for. Uh, you know, transfers, what does this look like for, you know, there's, there's rumors about hockey, you know, these kids playing hockey, you know, six hours a day and so on. So, you know, and how, how rigorous is the academics? And so there's just a lot of questions. I wrote about them a year ago um, because, you know, unfortunately for them, they also, they're on the same basic footprint as the Achiever Academy and Achiever Academy. Gosh, that was 2014 now when, on the eve of the section championship, the girls had to, they withdrew the girls program from competition. Uh, it made allegations that several of its players had violated Minnesota state high school league bylaws regarding eligibility for transfer students. So, 
you know, when you open a new, we, you know, and Gentry is, is, has zero affiliation with Achiever. Uh, none of the same people are involved. Um, girls hockey. What are we looking at this year? One thing that stood out to me when I was looking at your uh, girls hockey preview, um, and you did a, uh, a dream team of players. Yeah. The academic standing of some of the, of, of a good number of these, these first team girls and the, and the schools in which they're going to go to. And this is not the first time this has happened. You know, we've got a, one who's committed to Harvard, another who's committed to Princeton. We've got, uh, you know, Colgate and another uh, Cornell. I mean, only one of your top six is committed to the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And so the uh, academics and the, the, the possibilities the uh, these girls have where they can go play high school or play college hockey is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, these are well-rounded kids. Uh, and then to, to, to up the ante, there's a few multi-sport athletes in there too. And uh, so, yeah, hey, good for them. Uh, in my neighborhood, I thought Colgate was a toothpaste, you know, but apparently, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's also a very good college, I found out later. But no, um, yeah, the, these kids are, are you know, they're, they're everything you'd want in a student athlete. The, the student part is not just a, oh, by the way, uh, the, the student part is, is primary for these kids. And and yeah, they'll, I think they'll, uh, they'll go on to represent Minnesota well. And, uh, you know, that people are looking at Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota is a you know, cabbage patch of hockey talent and you know, boys or girls. And, and these schools are, I'm sure, excited to get, you know, high quality student athletes from the state. And, and we've got plenty of them. And this dream team, you know, I always say the one at the end of the year is the one that matters. The all-metro team, once you have the body of work. But the dream team, so I, I don't, I try not to sweat the dream team too much, but this year I had to a little bit. There was some really strong uh, arguments you could make for other players who wound up in our 10 players to watch that we included with the dream team package. Uh, it's a strong, uh, you know, and a lot of those are seniors. So it's, it's just this class of 2021 has got a lot going for it. You know, why don't you run through your two dream teams real quick, right? now, in case anybody didn't see it. Boys. So we'll start with the girls because ladies first, and uh, these are sure. alphabetically, al these are alphabetized alphabetically. <laughs> Edina is uh, Hannah Chorsky is a forward. Uma Cornea, her Edina teammate, a sophomore goaltender uh, who allowed a point seven seven goals per game last year, which is incredible. And who uh, led? Was it Breck? To the state championship as an eighth grader, didn't she? As a goaltender. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's that's right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, for sure. Emily Cronkite from Egan. She is undecided, but she is, people think she has some of the best hands in the state and sure her feet aren't bad either. She's a good soccer player. Uh, so she's, she's a fun one to watch. Rachel Golnitz, defender from Forest Lake. Rory Gilday, defender from Minnetonka. And Peyton Hemp from the defending Class 2A state champion Andover Huskies. That's, uh, that's uh, I, you can take your six. I'll take mine. I think I like my six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. You're the expert. And on the boys' side, what are we looking at? The boys' side, we talked about Jackson Hallam, forward from St. Thomas Academy. We talked about forward Kyle Kukin from Maple Grove. We'll add to this collection Luke Lewandowski, forward from Rosemount. Uh, Carson Limesand, goaltender from Benilde St. Margaret. Luke Middlestad, another in the line of the, of the strong Middlestad hockey-playing family. Uh, he's a senior defenseman out of Eden Prairie. And we'll wrap it up with Joe Palatichuk, Hill Murray defenseman. Now, we talked about uh, Kyle Kukinen missed the majority of last season. Poor Palatichuk, he had to miss, I think, uh, I forget what it was. It was mono or what it was, but he had to miss the championship game last year. So Hill Murray won the, the Class 2A state title 
without him for that game, he was a big, big, big part of the season and the journey that got him there. Uh, but I know, you know, in talking to him, he's excited to try to get back to the championship game and actually playing it this year. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of unfinished business, a lot of things that, that these kids want for themselves and for their teams. And, you know, it should lead to some pretty exciting hockey over these, over these 18 games. Now I wonder if, if Vladichuk is, and obviously teammates love each other and they love to have their, their best players with them. So then I'm sure there's a lot of disappointment when he couldn't play with him, but Kids love to also give each other, needle each other a little bit. I wonder how many times they've heard that we didn't need you comment. Yeah. Had. Yeah. Hey, Joe, cut we didn't. Dead cut the dead weight, right, Joe? You, know, so. you got you to learn. You got to pull your own weight now, man. You got to prove yourself. And we want to stay championship without you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's got to be the toughest thing to get that far and to miss oh, the game. Yeah. I, I can't imagine what that would be like. But, you know, he's got one more chance. He's got, he's got another year. At least it wasn't his – senior year where you had you know and, and baskets yeah, that's right that's right you didn't get a chance to finish out your senior year so yeah. and homer has got a good team they lost some guys whether they graduated or whether they left early but you know section four is is definitely winnable it's not a great section hill murray can certainly come out of that and once you're in the dance hey anything can happen last year they weren't regarded going in and look what happened so we'll see and girls uh we talked about class 1a and 2a boys state rankings um, girls, it looks like a lot of the same old, same old near the top of the rankings over there. You got Andover followed by Dinah and Minnetonka in class double A. And you've got Breck, who has been dominant in single A for the past few years. And they're, they're again at the top, followed by Warroad um, and South St. Paul in, in the girls' rankings. So it's about time to get back to some high school hockey in the state of Minnesota. This is the time of year everybody's hoping for. We just hoped it would have started a little bit earlier, but. Now that we're back in the swing of things, uh, it should be fun. Just have to keep an eye on keeping those uh, the social distance and the masks and all that because it, I know that a lot of teams are very um, diligent about making sure they don't do anything that could upset the course of the season since they've had to wait so long. I know that a lot of kids, a lot of coaches have been emphasizing um, following the guidelines, following the restrictions um, strongly and uh, – because they don't want their seasons to go um, go by the wayside because of a, a, a outbreak and, and carelessness. So. Hockey is far from the only game in town, and, and we've got other things happening. What should we be tuning into from a wrestling standpoint, from a basketball standpoint? What, what's, what's happening? Well, you know, um, basketball starts again tonight, um, and boys' basketball. The funny thing is uh, girls' basketball – I think the biggest uh, the biggest storyline there is Hopkins, and they are still riding a 62 game winning streak, but this year they're missing two key elements of Hopkins in the years past, and that is their head coach Brian Cosgriff stepped down last year. I think he's actually now teaching um, as a physical education, I believe, at Providence Academy, but he's not he's not coaching basketball this year, um, and obviously Hopkins lost. Miss World, Paige Beckers. And so how they come back and from uh, those two big losses is going to be interesting. Make no mistake, there's still loads of talent on Hopkins. Beckers made them a, you know, a team in the stratosphere that could probably play with any other high school team in the country. Now, without Beckers, they still have an awful lot of top-level talent, and they'll still be a top 10 or 15 team in the nation, not just Minnesota, in the nation. And they're coached by Tara Starks, who 
um, knows all these girls very well because she's coached them and she's been around the Hopkins programs and she's, uh, she's coached them in AAU. And uh, I know that Paige Beckers used to talk about Tara Starks being one of her uh, closest mentors and they all know each other so well. So there's going to be uh, Hopkins is going to be a team to watch and how they can kind of continue on um, with their streak and, and not how they match up with people and how life is after, after uh, Paige Beckers. And frankly, um, Tara Starks thinks life's going to be pretty darn good. <laughs> There's an awful lot of talent, an awful lot of uh, that's growing up, and a lot of kids are going to have a chance to really uh, show what they're capable of doing. So uh, that'll be something worth watching. Girls basketball and boys, seems like it's all about Chet. Where's Chet going to go? What's Chet going to do? How's Chet Holmgren? Chet who? <laughs> the, the, you know, <laughs> Chet Holmgren, the the foot uh, superstar. From Minnehaha Academy. I mean, there's a lot of good boys basketball players and basketball teams out there, but that's kind of dominating the headlines of boys basketball. Where is he going to go? How much um, can he, how far can he carry this Minnehaha basketball team? There's still talent there, a lot of talent. You know, Hersey Miller is still there, the son of Master P, and he's a top five talent in the state, but uh, uh, everything is dominated by the Chet Holmgren watch. Will he end up in Minnesota? Will he end up at, uh, at uh, Gonzaga, like a lot of people expect, and uh, will he? And will funny thing is, if he goes to Gonzaga, is because um, he's been real close with Jalen Suggs. Suggs may not even be there; he may be a one and done. So um, that's an interesting dynamic to te- to watch as well for boys basketball. Yeah, we'll have more to say on both of those because next week is when the Star Tribune's basketball preview comes out on Tuesday. Correct? Yep. Yep. Just wanted to touch on those things because basketball is starting. Wrestling is also out there. Um, I did a feature on pound for pound, the toughest kid I've ever talked to in wrestling. And res- finding tough wrestlers you know, is like finding tall basketball players. It's just ex- expected. But uh, Reed Ballantyne of Stillwater is going for his fifth state championship. And I, I don't know if he's won any of, um, well, maybe his first one that where he wasn't fighting since some significant injuries. Um, and a lot of it's due to his own, his own wrestling style. He's a brawler. He likes to beat kids up. You know, he's, uh, he's said that kids can't keep up with the physicality of how he wrestles. I mean, he's, it's, it's all brutality. He also admitted that a lot of that contributes to the injuries he has and has battled, you know, knee injuries. He's, he's torn the meniscus in both of his knees in each of the past couple of years. He's got, he's had elbow and shoulder and ankle problems. And now he's battling, which could be a chronic back injury that is going to force him to retire from wrestling after the high school season's done. So he's not moving on after this year, but right now he's dedicated to trying to get that fifth title. I think he'd be only the seventh or eighth Minnesota wrestler, make it to five state uh, state championships. Uh, he's 132 pounder from, uh, from Stillwater. So that's somebody worth watching. And it's fun to watch too, because I guess and he, there's an awful lot of throws and an awful lot of physicality in his wrestling. It's uh, he can beat you with, technical moves but he doesn't waste his time with that he just wants to to um beat you up physically and just drain the life out of you and, and it generally does he doesn't have a whole lot of matches that go the full six minutes i like it i like it yeah it's uh it's it's fun that's what wrestling's all about i've always said wrestling wrestlers are gymnasts two toughest high school athletes there are um wrestlers obviously because of the physicality and the, the, the of the sport and gymnasts, because they're throwing their bodies around with, you know, twists and tumbling and flying through the air and 
Everybody I talked to is coming back from a, some, some sort of injury or has had careers ended because of an injury. You go to the state wrestling or the state gymnastics meet, there's so much in terms of ice and bandages. And, and you know, there's always a number of a handful of good gymnasts on crutches. So it's, uh, like I said, wrestlers, gymnasts, two toughest high school athletes pound for pound. And I'll stand by that against anybody else. I'm not going to argue because I don't want wrestlers and gymnastic gymnasts at my door to <laughs> to show me why I'm wrong. So, and I'm not saying that there aren't other athletes aren't tough. You know, I mean, you have to be an elite athlete to be any sort of athlete. You have to be willing to put up a, some pain and some injuries and and hard work. So that doesn't say that you're not tough. But I'm just saying, you know, in terms of these kids and what they endure and what they put up with, those are the two sports that I've always singled out. Very good. So, and where do you plan on being? Um, you be covering any hockey in the next couple of days? Yeah, we're recording this Thursday afternoon, this evening. Uh, in spite of Mother Nature's best efforts, I plan to be at uh, St. Michael Albertville at Benilde St. Margaret Boys Hockey. And then next week, uh, it's be uh, Egan at Apple Valley Girls Hockey, which would be a rematch of their uh, Egan ended Apple Valley season in the playoffs last year. So uh, a good... Uh, Inner school district uh, rivalry game to get the, to 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 check in on next week, and we're, we're we're getting a chance to actually get into the venues despite the restrictions on how many people are allowed. It sounds like uh, so far so good. We're crossing our fingers that uh, we're being allowed to actually attend these games, see them in person, um, which uh, I appreciate. And uh, any athletic director out there that's allowing us to to come out and watch our, watch your games and be counted in the in the count. Uh, of the limitations of how many people they can have at a game. It's very much appreciated. So it makes us a little easier to do your job when you can actually see the sports you're covering a lot. Covering. It's always nice to see the sports you're covering. Anything, anything else that you think is worth talking about? I mean, there, is there any high school league news that we need to talk about this week or can we uh, put that off till later until something? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what next uh, podcast next week brings. Okay. Well, we'll talk some basketball and, and, uh, some reflections on the first uh, weekend of high school winter sports next week. Hope you can be here to join us. Thanks.